0: If you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. You can use your Bible, the Bible located in front of you, or if you're unable to use either of those, type to the top of your bulletin. And while you're finding that, I just want to say welcome to a dear friend, John Afon. Pastor John Afon was a member here many years ago, now serving at Christ Presbyterian Church as pastor of adult discipleship. And... Um, just a, a great friend and a, and a great uh, co-laborer in ministry, and uh, we are grateful to have you with us here this morning. Let's welcome Jonna back here this morning. It's great to have you. We had all of, well, all of your young folks here, last a bunch of them, last week with the commitment class, so we had a fun time enjoying them here, so praise God. Good. All right, well, by now you have located Luke chapter 1. I believe the word that the Lord has given me today is a very fitting follow-up to our time with um, our brother, Alan Ross, who was with us this last week and into this week. And by the way, he also sends along his thanks to the congregation here. And uh, he gave me... A note to share with you, a note which I have right here, just many thanks for all your wonderful hospitality, a great few days with you all, as always it was a blessing just being with you, and thank you too for the generous financial gift, I'm blessed, until the next time, Alan, and so we're just grateful for the ministry that he had with us and among us this past week. And um, this morning, I have a word that's both instructive and hopefully encouraging as well. And I've titled this particular message, The Ultimate Prophetic Moment. And um, by now, you have located the scripture, and so I'd like uh, to read through this, and then we're going to unpack it together this morning In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Now, this morning, as we unpack this familiar Scripture, there are three particular points that we're going to spend some time sort of looking at together here. The first is we're going to look at the pattern of the prophetic being released in Mary's life as well as being released in our lives. Secondly, we're going to be looking at the purpose for that prophetic word. And thirdly, we're going to be looking at the preparation that needs to happen in our hearts in order for that prophetic word to be fully accomplished. So we're going to be looking at the pattern, the purpose, and the preparation. Now let's begin with the pattern and reread for a moment the first couple of verses here. Come with me to the text, Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words, wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. The first step of this pattern, the first thing that happens here, is that the Word came to Mary. And likewise, in the prophetic pattern, the Word first comes to us. Now the Word can come to us in a number of different, via a number of different avenues. Of course, one of the most significant ways that the Word comes to us is through the written Word of God. Most of you, sitting in this room, have had an experience one time or another in your life where you've been reading along in the Scripture and suddenly it is as if it just comes alive off of the page and just... Embeds itself down in your spirit. It's like God has a holy highlighter and just goes. Now that can happen in your devotional time. It can happen while you're listening to the word of God being preached. It might happen, you might, some of you might be, you know, your mind wanders and you read ahead or behind or in front or behind, you know, and back or all over, and suddenly something just stands out. And the Word of God comes to you. The Word of God comes to us by the Spirit. Sometimes as we are in prayer and dialogue with Him, sometimes it comes by the Spirit through the voice of another who speaks And we hear suddenly God's voice. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's amazing to me and remarkable how many times the voice of the Spirit and my wife's voice sound so similar to one another. But she knows how to hear from God. And she can speak into situations and I hear. God's always in it. Sometimes it's just out of the context of casual conversation. This morning I was, before service, I was talking to Julie Thompson and she, she said, you know, I've been thinking about something. She said, I've been thinking about, you know, we've been talking about shift and the puzzle pieces. And she said, sometimes, you know, I've been thinking, you know, sometimes it's sort of like these puzzle pieces that are being put together. But then she said, I've, I've got a new way of thinking about that, about that puzzle. And she says, have you ever seen those puzzles that are, the pieces are cubes? It sounds like a nightmare to me. I have puzzles making puzzles anyway is a nightmare, but puzzles in cubes. And actually there's like four or six pictures in one puzzle. And depending on how you turn the piece, it fits into this and, 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 and there's this turning of the pieces, and suddenly the puzzle becomes a brand new picture. And she said, "We're like pieces." cube pieces that are being turned and shifted. And as God turns us, every piece is being used in a whole new way and new pictures are coming forth. That's great, Julie. And I heard the voice of the Spirit through my friend who's just talking to me in the lobby. The Word of the Lord comes to us. Sometimes it comes to us in dream or vision. For some of you, that happens frequently. For some, it happens less frequently. But sometimes the Lord comes to us and He speaks to us sort of in our unconscious mind. And we suddenly we hear
1: His voice speaking to us.
0: Sometimes he speaks with that inner witness in our spirit. It's the inner audible voice of God. I can still remember quite clearly when I was in junior high, when I first it was in when I was in junior high, that I first received the call to become a pastor. I was in our basement. I was in my bed. I was just having some devotional time, I was reading the Scripture, I was praying, and suddenly God broke into my devotions. Imagine that. And He began to speak to me. We started this dialogue. Scared the snot out of me, okay? I mean, it was shaken. Now, I didn't have a lot of context yet for what was going on. Sort of set that aside for a long time. But the Lord spoke to me. He can speak to us with angelic visitation. There's been a few times in my life where I've discerned angels around. I haven't had one come up and actually do one of these. Jim! Now you notice, in the Scriptures, every time one of them does that, one of those angels, you know, the first words out of their mouth are, Fear not! Don't be afraid! Because when they show up, you know... What it literally means, you unpack that phrase, fear not, what it really means is, I know you're afraid, but don't run away. Because I have something to tell you that's significant. I know you're afraid, but don't run. Don't run. Just wait. And the Word of the Lord comes to Mary and the Word of the Lord still comes to us today. And that Word, like the Word for Mary, grows in us. The Word of the Lord not only comes to us, but it grows in us. Now for Mary, this was a very physical experience. The Word was literally growing in her. Nine months of gestation. But the same principle that was present for Mary is present for us. The Word comes to us and then it begins this process of growing in us. Many times for years. I just mentioned my initial call to the pastor back in junior high. Well, that didn't really get revisited at any um, particularly... uh, concrete way until I was out of college. And it was when I was out of college that I began to hear from the Lord that indeed He was calling me into ministry. That had not been what I had studied, it's not what I was preparing for before that, but it was beginning to grow in my life. And let me be very clear, as that grew in my life, as the Word of God was growing in me, I didn't know all of where that was going to end up. It was a journey. The first thing I heard from the Lord was, you need to go back to school. Now, the irony of it is, and, and you know, one of God's ahas, ha was that when I got out of school, when I graduated from college, I had made a very determined vow, which was, I will never, ever go to school again. <laughs> and God says, he, he,
1: he,
0: he. and here I am, 25 years later, and I'm in
1: school again.
0: But the Word of God grows in us in an In our lives. As His life expands in us. The Word of God was literally abiding in Mary. (laughs) And He desires for His Word to abide in us. And as we abide in Him and He abides in us, There is a greater and greater revelation and greater and greater expansion of His Word in us. In fact, there's no other way for the Word... I mean, there's there's no way around abiding in Christ for that Word to come into all of its fullness. And then there comes a time when that Word is delivered through us. The Word is delivered through us. Would you please note something kind of obvious here? Now, I've never been a woman, so I can't say that I fully understand the pain of childbirth. Though I can say it's really rough on the guys. Amen. It is just horrible. <laughs> guys, we feel your pain. I, I don't know how we you do it.
1: it. I just... <laughs> We're with you, Tim. <laughs>
0: Buddy, hang in there.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I do know that when the word was delivered, there was pain. when the Word is delivered through us, there is a cost. There is a cost. If you look at the Scriptures, the great men and women of faith who received the prophetic Word of God in their life, when that Word was released through them, There was often a considerable season of time where that Word first of all was tested and then when it was delivered, there was great cost. Think of Jesus. But for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross and scorned shame. Because He knew on the other side there was
1: a purpose for this Word
0: being delivered in His life through His life. And that purpose is that the world around us is transformed. Last week, Alan shared about the three, sort of the big picture prophetic stuff that God's doing. Church reformation, kingdom manifestation, and global Transformation. Well, the way in which those things happen is through us. Through the Word of God being delivered through us. Coming to us, growing in us, and delivered through. Then, the world around us is transformed. God has situated you in a particular context within this world to influence that world around you with the Word that He has planted in you and is growing in you. A whole lot of people in this room received prophetic impartation this last week. Alan had a number of very specific words for people's lives. Think of this pattern as you reflect on the Word you have received. You've received a Word. It's been planted in you. Let it grow in you. As Christ grows in you, Christ in you, the
1: hope of glory
0: is delivered through you. And the world around you is transformed. Let's unpack that purpose a little bit more. What is the purpose of this Word? Look again at our passage. Come back with me to the text, please. Verse 31, you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will never end. What is this that's released out into the world and with transformational power? What is the purpose for your life and destiny and call in God? It is first of all to express Jesus to the world. The world does not know Him. They know a little bit about Him and about 90% what they know about Him is wrong. They don't really know who He is. This past week I was doing my um, gentleman's workout in the sauna at the Y and um, there was a guy there and I've seen him, I, I swim quite a bit at the Y and, and um, so I've seen him around. I've never really talked with him and we started talking and He just, and he asked me this question. He said, so... Is your business affected by the recession? (laughs) Now, if you can't drive a truck through that, (laughs) then you aren't awake. (laughs) So he started this great conversation. Turns out he's a third generation atheist. Third generation. Right, man. Wow. This guy is <laughs> smart. But, Lord, it was just great. I mean, we had this really engaged, then other guys started coming in and they're overhearing, and then, so, another guy said, So, you know some stuff about the Bible? I got a question.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. It's great. Love it. We have the opportunity to Represent Jesus. Represent Him. That's what represent means. To represent Him. To the world. With His love and mercy and grace. And to exalt Him as Messiah and King. That His name would be magnified. God plants His Word in your spirit. Not so that you can get Holy Ghost goosebumps but so that Jesus can be lifted up and elevated and magnified and made larger in your life and in the life of those around you. He's exalting Himself and extending through Him His kingdom. I love this. And He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Isaiah 9, of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. (laughs) He's increasing His reign and rule through you. Through us. That's His purpose. Isn't it incredible? And you thought the Christian life was boring? Mm -hmm. Well, Wake up and smell the cocoa. It's not boring. You're involved in something huge. People ask me, so, who do your, you know, what do your brothers do? Well, they both work for really big corporations. My one brother is a research chemist for 3M, and my other brother is a research and technology for IBM.
1: I work for the biggest. Amen. (laughs) Of all. Global. Universal. That's (laughs) right.
0: So, what's the preparation? Well, let's look at Mary. I love this. Verse 34. This is great. This is a powerful response. How can this be?
1: How will this be?
0: Mary asked the angel, Since I'm a virgin, and the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, and even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for
1: nothing is impossible without
0: I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you've
1: said. That
0: profound, humble dependency. How will this be? When the Spirit of the Lord shows up and speaks a word into your life, your response should not be one of, well, finally, I've been waiting. I'm glad you finally noticed how gifted and talented and capable I am. Oh, it's about time. But the, end, the, the response is, God, I don't have a clue. I don't know what to do. That's right. My eyes are on you. How will this be? The Scripture says He lives not only in a high and lofty place, but also those who are of humble and contrite of heart and who tremble at His Word. Mary's trembling at the Word of God coming to her. She trembles throughout her life as that Word unfolds in ways she could not possibly have imagined. Purity. Purity. For Mary, this was a physical purity. She was a virgin. She had not been with a man. Let me say something here that's very connected to the prophetic word that Sharon Holmgren brought earlier this morning in the service today. Very important for you to grasp this. Listen. Carefully. Purity is not something you achieve. It is something you preserve. Let that turn your mind inside out. Purity is not something you achieve. It's something you preserve. When Christ comes into your life, you are set free. You are washed. He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we stand before God blameless and we preserve that purity as we stay connected to Him and Him alone. And there are always the siren song of possessions and affections which are trying to pull us away from our focus and attention on Him. And He is always drawing us back. My son, my daughter, my child. Worship Me and Me alone. I alone am your God. See, the root challenge that we face to purity is not greed or lust or... A multitude of other kinds of sins. Those are the symptom. The deep issue that we're facing is the issue of idolatry. Who are we serving? Who is our master? Mary preserved her purity. And she was available. I don't know how this can be, Lord, but
1: I'm available. Yes.
0: And it's always, always, always. The prophetic word is always. Say always. Always. You don't even know what I'm going to say next, but there you go. (laughs) The prophetic vision and word is always larger than you are. It's always bigger than what your gifts or capacities or capabilities can possibly do. If you can do it on your own, it's probably not from God. Or, you know, it's not there may be incremental pieces that you're doing, but that large thing that He's up to, it's bigger than you. Yeah And all He's asking for you to be is available. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, yes. OK. And remember, he's really not interested in being your co-pilot. He likes the pilot seat. And then there's abandonment to the Word. This is so powerful. May it be to me as you've said. How powerful is that? May it be to me, as you have said, may it be to me according to Your Word. I'm abandoning fear. I'm abandoning doubt. I'm abandoning unbelief. I'm abandoning pride. And I'm giving myself to Your Word. May it be to me according to Your Word. one final word of encouragement for you this morning. If you come with me to the text one more time. Verse 28. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. In her heart's we're honest. There's that part of us that says, well, that was Mary, but but Mary is Mary. And I'm just me. (coughs) Mary, she was highly favored of God. I'm just Turn with me to Ephesians 1 for just one moment. Verse 3 through verse 8. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, our translations don't help us get this fully, but let me just impress this into your spirit. Let the Lord impress this into your spirit right now. There are only two times in the Scripture that that phrase, highly favored or greatly graced, show up. One is in Luke 1.28, talking about Mary. The other is in Ephesians 1, talking about us. So, the word of encouragement to your spirit this morning is this You are highly favored. You are greatly graced. So,
1: Here's your opportunity to respond. Say
0: it with me. I am highly favored of God. I am highly favored of God. Say it. I am greatly graced by God. I am greatly graced by God. Now, we say that a few thousand times. We might start to actually even... Believe a little bit of that. So just to help you, because we need to spur one another on to love and good deeds, turn to somebody right near you and say, you are highly favored of God. You are greatly graced by God. Now, Eric and Candace are really enjoying saying that to each other right now here. They really... You're so favored and so graced. And you are. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Isn't that good, people? Yeah. Not just when you're getting married this week. Which, by the way, they are. You guys, did you know that? You're getting married this week?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're highly favored
0: and greatly graced. And we get to celebrate together with you. (laughs) Woo-hoo! You're highly favored and graced. Yes, you are, Dorothy. Heidi, you are highly favored and greatly graced. My friends, you're highly favored and greatly graced. Each and every one of you. Dan, you're highly favored and greatly graced. Even in the midst of all you're going through. It's still true. You're still highly favored. A great